When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. During its long and distinguished career on the air, suspense has never taken an editorial stand until now. Now we state unequivocally that this program is against murder. Oh, we play around with the more titillating and entertaining aspects of murder from time to time, but fundamentally, we're against it as a personal, national, or international policy. Only those in favor of murder will find anything objectionable or controversial in the next half hour. The story you are about to hear is but a tiny word of protest. Perhaps it is too little. But please, God, let it not be too late. Listen. Listen, then, as Everett Sloan stars in The Voice of Company A, which begins in just a moment. And now, The Voice of Company A, starring Everett Sloan. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I sat in my lab at Cape Canaveral near the giant missile that would launch our transmitter. I looked at the powerful sending set, knowing that soon we'd toss it into space to scream crazily year after year at a crazy world. We tried to keep the lab quiet, isolated, but in the last few days, the tension of the mess outside had somehow trickled in. I was bushed. Doctor? Yes, Colonel. I think it's coming. Here, read this. Top priority from defense to me. From the Secretary of Defense to Commander Operations Screamer. International situation deteriorating. Commence countdown 0500 Zulu. Midnight, our time. That's right. Is your section ready? Yes, we're ready. Here's the little monster. I just loaded the tape. You want to hear it? Yes. Yes, when we get all six of these in orbit, you might as well throw away your radio and TV. This is all you'll hear. But this is what we wanted. Uh, turn it off. Okay. Well, I guess we can do without the soap operas if it jams their military frequencies. The soap operas will lose their audience anyway when the ballistic missiles hit. You know, this thing will probably survive us, Colonel. Ever think of that? Screaming away up there when there's nobody left to hear it? Kind of funny in a way. George, you're tired. Were you in London, Colonel, in World War II? No, Burma. Why? I was in London when the B-2s first hit. Second Louis, Company A, 16th Infantry. I was on a 72-hour pass with some of my guys. We thought the V-2s were the last word, Colonel. A regular bomb you could hear coming. You had somebody to be sore at that last few seconds. Some pilot risked his tail to drop it anyway. Somebody up there hated you. At least you knew that. It wasn't humane, but at least it was human. But a V-2, Colonel, it goes so fast you don't hear it. 
And there's nobody to hate except some guy sitting at a control panel a couple hundred miles away. And now we've got ICBM, 5,000 miles through space. Oh, yes. We've come a long way. A long way. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, I'll report that we're ready. The colonel looked at me strangely as he left. I knew he thought I was cracking. Maybe he was right. Almost hating to do it, I flicked on the radio, knowing what I'd hear. I or anybody else could do to stop it. I turned to the transmitter to unplug it from the test console. That's when I saw him looking at the set. Hey, how did you get... Who are you? Hello, Lieutenant. Or it's Doctor now, ain't it? Botchner? Is it Botchner? Yeah, Lieutenant. It's me. Bad sack botchner. But you were killed. You got killed in that pub. Well, in a manner of speaking. No, no, I must be cracking up. No, Lieutenant, relax. I got a message for you is all. Me and Pinky and the Sarge and Pete, we drew cards to see who'd come back. I won. But I don't... So you're gonna toss this thing into space. Yes. And it's got like a tape that plays over and over, fouls up the radios all over the world. Yes, except our military frequencies. Now, ain't that clever? Me and Pinky and the Sarge and Pete we get creamed in that crummy pub in London, and you come out smelling like a rose. And for what? So you can figure out something like this? Now, look, Botchner, it wasn't only me, the Defense Department, yeah, and the... Yeah, I know. I've been down that road, Lieutenant. Well, me and Pinky and the Sarge and Pete figure you ought to put something better than what you got on that tape before it's too late. Something better? Like what? Well, I'll tell you, Lieutenant. Pinky thought it up. Remember, he was always kind of screwy on religion. So he told me, standing gray-faced and sloppy as ever in my lab. I knew I was dreaming. I had to be. He told me what to put on the tape. And I laughed. <laughs> what is this, a joke? We don't do much joking, Lieutenant. Mostly we sit around thinking. Ten million 
different uniforms, thinking of the dames we didn't get to meet, and the summer evenings we didn't get to smell, and the kids we never got to have. Well, you better do what we say, Lieutenant, because tough as it is at times, it's better here than it is there. We know, Lieutenant. We know. In a moment, we continue with the second act of... not launch. 
So I waited and waited, watching through the lab window while the last man left the missile gleaming in the Florida moonlight. It was the longest half hour in my life. They were looking for me now. It was time to go. Running across the sand, I looked up at the missile. There, high in the nose, rode the sphere that carried the jammer. Had I cut it too close? As I reached the concrete blockhouse, the missile seemed to be straining at an invisible leash. Vapor from its liquid oxygen was curling about its base. Hey! Hey, let me in! It's Dr. Green! I looked at the huge rocket. I could hear the pumps beginning to deliver fuel to the nozzle. In less than a minute, a quarter of a million pounds of fiery thrust would blast the area, and I'd shrivel like an ant on a hot coal. Hey! Hey! Dr. Green, holy cow, now get in here! Where's the colonel? Right here. Where have you been? This thing hasn't been ground tested. Well, it isn't necessary. It'll transmit. Countdown procedure says do it. We'll do it. Now move, doctor. But I, I checked it on the console. I tell you, it'll transmit. I want to hear that signal. It'll work, I tell you. Oh, help me, doctor. If you don't get going, I'll stop the launch. Now tune it in. I had to do it. As slowly as I could, I twisted the knobs on the test receiver. 12, 11, 10, I switched off the set. 
I hadn't fully realized the power of our transmitter until that moment. And I hadn't realized the power of the message. A shiver raced up my spine. I felt suddenly that I was not alone. Then I saw him, slouching at the window. Botchner? Hello, Lieutenant. In the guardhouse, huh? Remember when you tossed me in the stockade for being AWOL? Well, this ought to square it. Pinky and the Sarge and Pete and me, we've been watching things. It's working out great. Oh, yeah, just fine. There's an awful lot of people don't want to fight this war, Lieutenant. You ought to see them in Europe and China. Yeah? Don't you fret, Lieutenant. Things are going to turn out all right. You see, Lieutenant, we know. Slowly he disappeared. Slowly fading. It was weird. I knew that he only existed in my mind, but as the day wore on and the next day and the next, I wondered if he were right. Every four hours, the satellite broke in with that simple message. But in the interval, the radio began to talk of reports of a mutiny in the Hungarian army, a revolution against the Czech regime, small religious revivals starting in Germany. The department is mum about what was actually intended in the satellite launch Monday. Results are clear. Iron Curtain countries are busy battling anti-war sentiments. International tension has eased. Ambassador Lippincott flew an hour ago to a hastily planned conference in Geneva. More news after the 9 p.m. passage of the satellite. And the fourth night, the cell door opened for the colonel. Hello, George. Hello, Colonel. You bring the firing squad? George, I got a dispatch from defense. Yes? You're to be released. Released? That's right. We're not launching the rest of the screamers. They decided that the crisis has passed. <laughs> now that the thing's in perfect orbit, they want us to stop them. But we can't. I know, I know, George. It's solar power that could broadcast for the next 20 years. 50. Yes. Yeah. And when it quits, Colonel, maybe we better launch another one. Hmm? Oh, yes. I see what you mean. Uh, George. Yes? One question. We know about Duval and the Chang girl and Poznansky... Who recorded the English? Is that your voice? I thought of the smashed bodies of my men in that London pub. Pinky and the Sarge and Pete and Sadsack Buchner. My voice, Colonel? No. Let's just say that's the voice of Company A. To Zorstisturten. To Zorstisturten. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. Company A by Michael Frost. In just a moment, 
the names of the supporting players, and a word about next week's story of suspense. Supporting Everett Sloan in the voice of Company A were Lillian Bias, John Daner, Barney Phillips, Jack Crucian, and Sam Pierce. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with the diary of Sophonia Winters, starring Mercedes McCambridge. Another tale well calculated to keep you in Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money. 